Hello and welcome back to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast hosted by me, Lou, and me, Dan. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get over like the awkward pause that we have when we do that intro. I feel like that's one thing that we need to get better at flying. The beauty is I, I tend to take the pause out so people don't know what we're saying. But yeah, just, just... <laughs> oh, right, ignore it. So I just peel back the curtain there, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're leaving this in. Like I said, I think we've got to, I think whenever we, we settle on or we think we've done a really good one, I'm just going to clip that and we'll just keep putting that in at the very beginning yeah yeah i agree <laughs> well yeah. it is week four of week four unusual week of unusual month i think oh. <laughs> week um, four of unusual month <laughs> week, week four of unusual month um obviously we cheated a little bit last week um because we kind of shoehorned what was an unusual theme um but i still think that the episode title is brilliant so i think we can get away with it Exactly. Prior to getting into the subject of this podcast, though, we do have a promo for Cultworthy, which we'll drop for you now. The Cultworthy Podcast. Your host, Antonio Palacios, will guide you week by week through a bevy of cult favorites, obscure cinema, and hidden gems. Listen to us on your favorite platforms or follow us on thecultworthy.com. The Cultworthy Podcast. And we're back. So this week, what have we got? Your episode. It is my episode, sorry. This week on Unusual <laughs> Week is Unusual Crimes, because who doesn't love ridiculous crimes? I don't know kind of what you've got with you, um, but I've got a couple of more serious ones and then kind of like the downright ludicrous and downright ridiculous. And also the ones that kind of make you go, why on earth would you do that? Yeah, I've generally got the weirder ones. What the hell kind of crimes? WTH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I've got a couple, like I said, I've got a couple of serious ones and a couple, one specifically that's really well known. And I guess it's unusual more so from the perspective of kind of the case and the nature of the crime in and of itself. Um, so do you want me to kick off with the serious one to begin with? Yeah, let's go. Let's start serious. <laughs> this is serious because it's unusual from kind of like maybe motivations of the killer. And obviously the fact that I've said killer is probably taking this down a different path to what you might have. Um, and this is the Axeman of New Orleans. Ever heard of him? Her? Potentially. No, but it, if they've done what they, it says on the tin, I can probably guess what. <laughs> yeah. Guess. Um, so what it was basically a serial killer who was active in New Orleans between 1918 and 1919. Killed six people and injured a further six. And they were called the Axeman of New Orleans because obviously they murdered people with an axe. Um, mainly Italian immigrants, funnily enough. So apparently it was the possibility that it was um, kind of ethnically motivated. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But one of the funny things, well, not funny, it's not funny, sorry, that's terrible, it's not funny. One of the unusual things <laughs> about this is that a letter was written to newspapers and it was published and it was basically a threat. And so the reason it makes it unusual is because the Axeman of New Orleans wrote a letter and turned around and said, and I'm going to quote this. Now, to be exact, 12.15 earthly time, Tuesday night, I'm going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I'm very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time. I have just mentioned if everyone has a jazz band going well then so much better for you people one thing is certain that is that some of you people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night will get the axe funnily enough in New Orleans people crammed into jazz bars and when I say crammed into jazz bars as in they were in full capacity and no one was murdered that night really yeah and then all of a sudden the murders kind of just went cold it was really unusual and obviously the killer's love of jazz (laughs) well i thought you were going to say all their houses were burgled (laughs) yeah all crammed into the jazz bars yeah and again i think that the um strange thing about this one is that apparently (laughs) one of the theories as to the motive was basically that the killer committed murders in an attempt to promote jazz music that's quite that's quite a heavy advertising campaign isn't it that is yeah yeah yeah, that's i mean of all of the unethical companies that you've seen in the world run campaigns this one's pretty bad 
buy this or we'll kill you. <laughs> really strange. I mean, the letter in and of itself, you can read the full letter because there's actually way more to it. But just really strange and unusual in the fact of he put a very specific threat out. Everybody was so terrified that they basically just went out and agreed. And no one was murdered as a result of this person playing jazz. And I just thought that is really strange. Imagine if all of a sudden jazz started to properly turn around. And like imagine nowadays if they turned around and said, I will not murder anyone that's in a bar playing Taylor Swift. Like just it would just be really strange. And I just yeah, I thought it was a, a really strange one. And obviously it's a more serious level of crime compared to the others that I've got. Um, but just a very unusual serial killer, I guess. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's odd, isn't it? Because there used to be that song. Do you, do you remember that song? There's um, last night a DJ saved my life. This is last night jazz saved my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, and obviously as well, the killer was never caught. It's really and sorry. Did you say how many people they did kill? Yeah, or, so there were six. Were attributed? Yeah, six dead and six injured. But yeah, and the thing is as well, it was weird because basically there were some people that were attacked like whilst being in the same house as another person, but then didn't hear the attack and that sort of thing. It was really strange set of circumstances as well in terms of like the actual murders. If you read into each victim specifically, a couple of people were killed like together with partners. But there was one instance, I think, where it was literally like there was a murder in the house and no one else heard it. Um, but yeah, the whole jazz thing was really, really strange. And I kind of feel like it makes it even weirder in the fact that no one was ever caught for it because... The yeah, person then yeah. quietly went back to sitting in a jazz bar on a Saturday night, enjoying life. <laughs> or maybe they were a jazz player and they wanted to sell more tickets. And they knew that by putting the threat out, would turn around and get people into the jazz bars and then they'd become more popular. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. I wonder if um, we'd have to contact our friends at Sugarcoated Murderer. I wonder if they've ever done this. Done the Axe Band of New Orleans. Yes. Because I would like to hear a proper full episode. I actually think as well it was covered in, is it BuzzFeed Unsolved with, what's the guy's name? Shane and, oh, there's another guy. Ryan, is it? Um, and they did like a full like feature length episode, basically. Okay. okay. Um, which is actually quite cool. So if you are listening to this, it's a good shout if you care about the Axeman of New Orleans. But yeah, really strange. Fondness of jazz. And that was the motivation for whether or not you killed people. It's quite cool. As a, like, did, a... and, and does it say anything about, so... Um... Jazz wasn't involved in any way in the six murders and the six injuries. It's just he then let out this or sent out this message that if you wanted to save yourself, you had to be in a place of jazz that night. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then the murders all of a sudden stopped. It's very strange. I mean, as well, for all of the things that you could have done, I mean, you've seen like the Zodiac killer before who threatened to kill more people in the way in which he would do it. But this one is just very oddly specific and kind of makes me feel like the person involved must have had a proper fondness for jazz music, obviously, because I feel like there's no situation in which a random serial killer who just enjoyed murdering people would turn around and have that as like a motivation. It was, yeah, very, very weird. And again, made even stranger by the fact that they were never solved. I think that's definitely unusual. Yeah, (laughs) jazz as well, jazz. I mean, in New Orleans, that's that I guess that's fair enough. Yeah, the love of music. And maybe yeah. maybe he was just trying to put people on the right path or something. Maybe maybe he thought jazz is the music to to salvation or something. Well, do you know what it is? If I if if it was me, I would be going around and thinking what big jazz names came out of New Orleans between the years of nineteen ten and nineteen fifteen, or sorry sorry nineteen eighteen and nineteen twenty two or whenever it was, and they should be our number one suspects. Because to me, it must have been someone that wanted to sell yeah. tickets for shows. So it must have been yeah. someone. It's like, why is there blood all over your saxophone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, which clubs had just opened the night before? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I guess there's always the possibility that it could have been a complete hoax as well, to be fair. But I think the city was in such a grip of fear because the murders were just, well, apart from having the whole Italian immigrant thing. Um, were very random yeah, in yeah. the nature in which they were carried out. But yeah, very strange crime. Again, unsolved. Quite cool. Okay. Oh, Not cool I've, because of mass I've... murder, by the way, just as a caveat. No. <laughs> cool because of, you know, like the circumstances, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, no, but that's it. You've got two elements to that. You've got the serious bit of it where obviously six six dead, six injured, axe murder, horrific. But the unusual bit is that, yeah, the, the jazz element. And then, like you said, that it just stopped and no arrests or no you know, it's just gone cold. Yeah, gone yeah, cold. basically. And the axe murderer probably went on to have a very successful career. <laughs> In jazz clubs up and down America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I've got, I'm going to start off with a very quick one. Mine are all silly and mine 
seem to either be in Wales or America. <laughs> right, okay. Specifically Wales, weirdly. <laughs> I, I don't know why Wales. So I'm going to start with a very quick one, actually, because it is funny, but I'll, I'll explain it like this first. So this is all about a guy basically robbing bookies. Okay. Um, so not that unusual. The unusual bit is, is his getaway driver was a woman he just met and was taking her on a first date. So he used her. So he, he met this woman, took her out on a date. Set, so basically, I'll, I'll set the scene now. A woman on a first date was tricked into becoming a getaway driver after a <laughs> date robbed a betting shop in Wales. Um, I won't. I won't mention names, but basically, she was a 23-year-old mother. Went on a date with this guy, 21, after meeting him on Facebook. During the date, the guy asked her to drop him off at a betting shop. She waited in the car while he placed a bet. <laughs> minutes later he comes running out with a knife in one hand and a bag of money in the other he jumped into the car screaming drive 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 which is exactly what she did according to the paper the guy acted rudely during the getaway drive back to his house and that's when she decided that the date was over not the fact that he was running out of a bookies with a knife in one hand and a bag of cash in the other (laughs) (laughs) when when they got back to his house they were both arrested um, she was held in custody throughout the evening until he confessed that he'd acted alone. She described the ordeal as a date from hell. I thought I'd be ending the night in his arms. Instead, he landed me in the long arms of the law. <laughs> that is a class quote. <laughs> that is a class quote. Uh, you can tell, basically, I think this was originally reported by both the Sun and the Daily Mail. So, yeah, they, these these quotes are probably extracted from them. But, yeah, apparently he'd racked up... a a debt due to cocaine addiction was sentenced to four and a half years for the crime. But it's just unbelievable, isn't it? You go out on a date. He says to he says to the, the lady, oh, do you mind just dropping me off at the betting office? I just want to place a bet. <laughs> and it's and like something out of like, running out with stock. a yeah. pair of tights on his head. <laughs> yeah. It's like the classic thing. You know, it is. it does feel corny, doesn't it, in like these crime thrillers where you've got the getaway driver and then they come bursting out the bank or something going, Drive, drive, drive. He's like jumping in through the win- window of the car or something. <laughs> I mean, how, how would you react? if you Imagine if you were out on a date and she goes, yeah, can you just drop me off? Well, the thing is as well, is like, are the police ever, if, if you just immediately turn around and like get out of the car and call the police, are they going to believe you in the capacity of, oh, he's actually been an innocent bystander or she's been an innocent bystander as opposed to you, like with the police more so think, oh, they've just bottled it, basically, and can't go through with it, but now it's too late because their mate's already done it. I feel like there'd be no way out of that, almost, if the other person didn't I mean, confess like this guy did. Well, I was going to say, if he didn't, yeah, she she would have been she would have been in trouble because, yeah, how do you... you know, could you imagine saying that, yeah, I've met him on Facebook, we went out for a date today, and he he, uh, he, he robbed the bookies, but I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> it's literally like he's just played Grand Theft Auto too many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it's like, do you know? Uh, do you know on Grand Theft Auto where you steal a pedest- uh, civilian's car, they don't get out, and you like do a drive-by <laughs> yeah. shooting or something with them in, and they start screaming because they're just not involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I wonder but if he like, what... pay his debt off as well. <laughs> Well, what, yeah. well, what I want to know is, did they do anything first or was that first destination on the date? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did they go and play mini golf, go for dinner and then rob the bookies on the way home? Or did they rob the bookies on the way to the date? Because otherwise, Amazing. you know, she's she's been shafted proper there, right? Hasn't she? Being arrested, getting involved in a crime and not even being taken out for lunch or dinner or anything. So. And she had to drive herself as well, imagine. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, so that yeah, one's actually so... pretty class. It's a quick. It's a quick one, but like I said, I, I think it's just funny because it is. It is. There was the first date, and I loved it. I loved it. Like you said, that line. I, I thought I'd end up in his arms, but I ended up in the arms of the law. Nice. <laughs> Amazing. That is a class quote as well. And do you know what it is as well? That's a story where, like, do you know, people would just properly think that you were bullshitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like people, you yeah. would tell that story and people would be like, oh, shut up. She said that she went on a date and turned around and he robbed the bookies in front of her. She'd be like, yes, I did. yes he did. I got arrested and also No one would ever believe that story, which is brilliant. Yeah. So don't meet people on Facebook, I think. Is yeah, the, exactly. This is, don't, there, yeah. yeah, don't meet up with strangers on Tinder. And especially if they ask you to drive, there's definitely something suspicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Okay, my next one is actually also a quick one. Um, and this is this is referred to as the Nutella and Kinder chocolate egg heist. Oh, uh, I, I haven't heard that, but I do love no, I do love Kinder and Nutella. So. Okay, so basically, thieves stole forty five thousand four hundred pounds worth of Nutella spread um, from a German town of Neustadt, and they stole right. twenty tons of the spread. And it was basically. Um, police. This is the article that's written. Police are asking for witnesses and investigating whether two crimes were linked because linked to this was also a lorry containing 30 tons of fruit juice was also stolen at the same weekend. <laughs> so officers said they were unsure whether the Nutella heist was planned or if it was opportunistic. <laughs> and then there's a statement that was put out by the police. German police put out a statement that said, anyone offered large quantities of chocolate via unconventional channels should report it to the police immediately. <laughs> um, no one knows, I don't think. So I went and did some research. I can't see that anybody ever found out what happened to the Nutella. Really? So. I don't know if it was sold. I don't know if it was in individual um, like batches. I imagine it was basically being transported from like a factory. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was nothing that was ever um, known. I can't imagine that you would intentionally go and steal Nutella because how fucking hard must that be to sell? How 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 quickly can you sell twenty tons of Nutella? Let's say unless they had a factory. <laughs> they, yeah, they potentially. potentially. <laughs> what they're doing is they're stealing Nutella and then putting. What they've done is they've they're a rival chocolate maker. And yeah, rather yeah. than go and buy the ingredients, they've just stolen Nutella to put in unbranded jars. That's and it. Yeah. Well, it you, know you, get, you know, you get all these stalls and bands that do these crepes and things like that and waffles with Nutella on. They, they, maybe they're using it to do that. You know, <laughs> it's still the main ingredient because Nutella's not cheap, really, is it? I just love the fact as well is the fact that the, the, the police have put out a statement to say, please don't buy chocolate through unofficial channels as if it's a bloke stood on a street corner with six jars of hazelnut spread in his pockets. Being like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 150 each, 150 each. <laughs> I tend not to try to buy anything through unofficial channels, especially food. I mean, yeah, know, yeah. generally a rule in life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even think that it would be like some sort of like corporate espionage job type thing. Because I mean, obviously, um, Nutella are, oh, sorry, Ferrera, because they're the company that own Nutella, aren't they? They're a huge, yeah. huge company. But yeah, also, yeah. I feel like potentially there was a motorway where it was stolen. I reckon they got told the thieves, oh, it's a white, all the diamonds, it's in a white <laughs> lorry, white yeah. lorry traveling north on this thing they've stopped it and it's a bit like have you ever seen johnny english where um he's following yeah, the hearse yeah. and then starts following the wrong one yeah i feel like they've opened it seen nutella and thought fuck it well while we're here <laughs> they probably were even happier they probably said, yeah, yeah, yeah it's true they were like, yeah. get in kids are gonna be buzzing <laughs> and did, did you say there was a uh, fruit juice stolen as well yeah so at the same weekend um there was basically a another um theft and that was at the same time 30 tons of fruit juice stolen on the same weekend that's absolutely linked because if you're going to eat all that nutella you bloody need something to wash it down with <laughs> yeah it is, so, it is quite sickly isn't it maybe it was potentially a theft for the world's largest kids birthday party <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and and you said they didn't catch him is that because the police were spread thin <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting to say that when you said it i've been waiting I, I, yeah, literally from the moment that the headline came out of my mouth, Dan's been waiting with that. My joke eyes, my eyes were like, yeah, <laughs> waiting for a gap. Ask a sensible question. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely amazing. I think it's bloody hilarious as well. But funny enough as well, strangely, not the first time that people have tried to steal Nutella. There was a case in Italy. I didn't read too much about the one in Italy because in the end it was basically solved. So it was less interesting. Um, but that was in Rome. There was like an attempted heist of a Nutella truck. So I don't know really? what it is with Nutella. Or maybe it's just easy to flog because you just can sell it wholesale to shops potentially and no one really asks any question. You know, that, they'll uh, need yeah. the security core driving the Nutella trucks, won't they? You know, <laughs> <laughs> followed by armored patrol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or, or are they doing it? Are they stealing it to stop it getting to some place? Maybe they're trying to, you know, control <laughs> instead of the control, control the, 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 the supply of drugs, <laughs> it's to control the supply of Nutella. But you yeah. want you want your chocolate spread? You come through us. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's honestly but do you know what it is it, in a country like Italy for instance obviously we're Italian but like organised crime is involved in quite a lot of industry at one point wasn't it from like yeah. you know beds yeah. and mattresses to like the supply of concrete and stuff for government contracts so in reality yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be too far out of the realm of possibility for like the mafia organisations to be involved in the theft of something like that um, it's like branded goods isn't it yeah and especially in a lot of the retail area Nutella is like the main ingredient isn't it when they do yeah, chocolate yeah. things it, yeah, is, yeah. it is Nutella so you're going to affect a lot of a lot of businesses yeah yeah well, you know what I feel like any mobsters listening to this have all of us hunt turned around and said oh we got a brilliant fucking idea for the next one put put the crowbars down we don't need to do 15 years for robbing a bank we can steal Nutella <laughs> Marmite let's Marmite. do some Marmite let's get the Marmite <laughs> the great British Marmite <laughs> robbery <laughs> yeah um, there are a couple of them linked to food as well, but what I'll do is I'll let you go. I've to got next one. one. Of, no, I've got one of food as well. I've okay, got go on then. Let's well. see your one. Right, I've got the biscuit. Hold on, I can't even say it. The biscuit thieves who stole twenty thousand pounds worth of them and shouted out, "Anyone want a biscuit?" As they were jailed in court. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, I mean, again, I mean, we shouldn't laugh, but. It is funny just the way it's written. So a gang of criminals who stole £20,000 worth of jammy dodgers have been jailed for a total of 11 years. So firstly, do you like jammy dodgers? I do like jammy dodgers, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I reckon they've got them in the States as well. But like jammy dodgers are like, it's a biscuit. Then it's like a little layer of cream, isn't it? Then some jam and then another biscuit on the top. Yeah, and they've often yeah. got like a heart, haven't they? Yeah. Like a heart cut in it. So you see that? Love them. Love them. <laughs> And also, while we're on that, sorry, I, I, I was going to go through a story, but it's not like they stole, like, I don't know, like, even digestives or, like, some, like, nice double-chopped cookies. It was jammy dodgers. It's, like, the like, almost like the lowest in the biscuit run. Um, <laughs> the five men, all from Liverpool area, travelled hundreds of miles to carry out the raid on the biscuit factory in South Wales. They were caught after police used CCTV and automatic number plate recognition cameras to track their movements, but none of the stolen biscuits were ever recovered. There's a theme here, isn't there, in our crime? Because <laughs> they were eaten. <laughs> <laughs> they were all sentenced, the, the, the five men were all sentenced to between 12 and 44 months in prison after pleading guilty to the theft. Uh, the ringleader made the joke as he was jailed, saying to the judge, sweet. Thanks, Your Honour. That'll be lovely. And another defendant quipped, anyone fancy a biscuit? <laughs> Cardiff Crown Court heard how the gang had used stolen vehicles with claimed licence plates for the raid in June last year. Uh, they posed as DHL delivery men to gain entry to the site where they took a trailer full of jammy dodgers with a retail value of £20,000. And they replaced the trailer with an empty one they had stolen. I mean, this is proper... It's like well thought out as well. Heist, so it's not even like it? yeah. they've done it as a like. Do you know like some people like for instance might do crimes as like a piss take almost. It's not even a piss yeah. take. Like they've intentionally yeah. tried to steal jammy dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the police found the, uh, the 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 trailer, but couldn't find the the stolen goods. The prosecutor said because it was unclear exactly what role each of the criminals played, that but there was a high culpability and significant planning involving the cloning of number plates. So just as you said there. The judge said a convoy of vehicles came down to Wales, gained entry to the Burton's biscuit factory, and there was a good quantity of biscuits taken. And and literally, as you said, there was a significant amount of planning with a series of thefts involved. So, yeah, weird, because firstly, as well, the jail sentences, feel, I'm not going to say they're harsh, but they actually, compared to some of the crime, I mean, you get muggings and 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 robins that don't get that much i mean up to 44 months what's that that's uh four four years yeah yeah nearly there they're about oh, yeah yeah so four years for stealing some jammy dodgers i mean can you imagine that you're you're in you know you're the the new fish in the cell <laughs> what are you in here for murder what are you in here for rob like the bank what are you in here for stole jammy dodgers <laughs> <laughs> you'd get beaten up because people would think that you were in there for something else they think now nah, must it's, be bullshit it's like it feels to me there has to be something like an inside thing in that like they even knew the factory or someone in the factory or maybe they thought they could sell it on the market you know i i, I don't know but it's or maybe like, they why? had a buy lined up for that sort of thing maybe yeah, I love surely, it. Like a, but surely you can't. Yeah, yeah. You, you go and procure a buyer, surely, because you can't turn around and think, "Oh, I'm just going to be able to sell twenty grand's worth of jam." But then again, I guess how much is like a big pallet of jammy dodgers in like a Costco or something? It's probably 
you know a substantial amount of money yeah, so yeah. if it's a trailer worth of jammy dodgers i know that sounds ridiculous and it's twenty thousand pound worth of biscuits but in the grand scheme of things a pallet yeah. each to a supermarket that you know well apparently two of them had already pleaded guilty to a similar raid before where they stole nearly two thousand cases of carling worth more than forty three thousand. Yeah. See, the alcohol things I think is different because alcohol can inherently be worth a little bit more money anyway. And I guess there's more places in which you could sell that. Yeah, but again, it's like Carling. They've gone yeah. for the Carling. It's like the jammy dodger of the beer. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not even Peroni. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, it's like a Stella or anything like, you know, artisanal. It's it's like, like I said, it's a jammy dodger of the, the lager world. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to steal champagne and then stealing Asti rather than Dom Perignon. It felt like if they'd have put their mind to something bigger, they probably they they've done it brilliantly. It, yeah, is, it yeah, feels yeah. like you could make this a heist film. It's just instead of like in in Ocean's Eleven where it's money from a casino, it's Jamie Dodgers from a biscuit factory. But it, it's got that level of action and drama up till that point. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Where were they from again? Sorry, the the robbers, Liverpool. Did you say they were from Liverpool and drove to Wales to do it? Yeah, that just seems like so. Because again, it's like, how does that, that that idea can't just pop into your head? I think it's true what you said. There must have been an element of like someone knows someone, and it's been set yeah. up for a particular reason. Um, oh, unless they unless they've got like they had a side hustle of selling to markets or or shops. Yeah, 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 potentially. Because I guess you know it's twenty thousand pounds. You say it was five of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the sake of a little bit of robbery and a couple of thefts of a trailer, it's four grand each potentially yeah exactly you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. so you know yeah. it's a couple of months wages all for stealing a trailer and flogging some biscuits on a market so yeah I, I, I kind of understand that at least i guess maybe from a financial perspective and also maybe it's the context of we're never going to get as much prison time as robbing a bank or doing over yeah safety yeah. deposit boxes or something yeah, like yeah, that so yeah. you're still confectionaries if you don't get caught oh it's a bonus but if you do get caught it's like oh are the police even going to investigate it when it's like that potentially they might not put as much energy into it but it's still yeah. a half decent payday for you could you imagine get could you imagine getting four years for stealing biscuits <laughs> <laughs> that is bad and, though isn't it because especially yeah. here you do see some instances in which the justice system doesn't punish people comparatively yeah, to yeah. the crime they've yeah. committed um, uh, the, the one thing I've got because you're going to I know you said you've got some more food and when we had Sugar Murder on they talked about the maple syrup one didn't they yeah. all of a sudden now there's just so much uh, contraband food items going around the country it, you know all, all these vans driving up and down the motorway you know, that, that, you know this could all be illegal illegal biscuits and illegal <laughs> chocolate spread I mean it's, it's it's shocking it's shocking amazing amazing but the thing is as well maybe it's because well Funnily, I don't know if you've got anything on this, but this is kind of separate to what we were talking about, um, but kind of still on the heist thing, I guess. So I was reading when I was doing the research to this, and what do you think the most stolen item from supermarkets is? From supermarket? Open it up to the scope of just like, you know, you walk into a big Tesco, other supermarkets are available. What do you reckon the most stolen item is? I, I don't know. I had in my head that it sounded like cheese. It is cheese. It's a cheese. I'm, I'm sure it's a stolen item from supermarkets in the United Kingdom. Again, I, I can't speak for the Americans that might be listening to this. I don't know what you steal from your supermarkets. Um, but yeah, cheeses. <laughs> Let us know. What? Let us know. <laughs> That's because when you look at Parmesan, for instance, or whatever posh cheeses are there, yeah. I don't know. But, um, Parmesan oh, can run you expensive. up to like 12 quid for yeah. like two or 300 grams, can't it? So I guess you yeah. steal a truckload and all of a sudden that might be 80, 90 grand sitting there in cheese block of cathedral city is like six seven quid in it yeah yeah this is what i mean that's just cheddar yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheddar I... getting you this cheddar <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but can you imagine that you know you'd think in a supermarket you'd think booze yeah 100 um, yeah i mean i guess the thing is like booze and even like meats are probably harder to steal yeah it's like a little true. few blocks of cheese you could probably open your coat put money in your inside pocket <laughs> You've never done this before. <laughs> no, no, I've never done that. No, 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 no. Um, they're going to have to start security tagging it because I know they uh, they started security tagging the meat, didn't they? Yeah, I yeah, saw bacon like security steaks. tagged once. Bacon? Yeah, bacon. It's like literally like six rashes. I was like, is it not cost you more to security tag this than the amount that you'd lose by it walking out the door because someone's stolen it? 
<laughs> oh, unbelievable. But yeah, sorry, off just on a huge side note, it was cheese because there were a couple of cheese thefts. Um, but I kind of get on board with that one. Not get on board with it, guys. I don't get on board with it. Yeah. I understand yeah, the idea. <laughs> yeah, because cheese, I guess, is a more valuable commodity per kilo, isn't it? You know, a kilo of Parmesan is worth more than a kilo of Jammy Dodgers. Yeah, it's a staple as well, isn't it? It's kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if, if you were stealing it because you're desperate for stuff, you know, you, you can get it, you stick it in the fridge, it will last a while. It's, it's a staple food item as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I just thought that that was really quite funny because I would have expected it to have been alcohol or then potentially, do you know, like clothing in supermarkets you would expect probably to get yeah, stolen quite yeah. a lot. But no, cheese, cheese. See, I, I read a story that the thing about alcohol is it is hard because they've... Um, you know, they've got security tagged, it's bottles, they're heavy. So what a lot of people do is bring the bottles of booze into the toilets and drink it. <laughs> so instead of stealing it, they get hammered in the toilets. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're like siphoning yeah. it out into different bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just go in and, and sometimes, yeah, security guards will just find bottles, in, uh, empty <laughs> bottles in, in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. That's the story I saw, yeah. Amazing. But yeah, cheese, most stolen product in supermarkets. Um, so if you have stolen any cheese, please do email us at castingviews at... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't give you a name. We won't give, we won't you, give a you a name. We'll just read your cheese thefts out. <laughs> and what is the most stolen cheese? I mean, I, I do love... I, I mean, cheddar, you can't go wrong with cheddar. I do like a red Leicester. I've gone in for now. You know, is it the Mexicana one, the one with all the peppers and chilies in? Oh, yeah, a little bit spicy. I do like that. I do like that. But then, you know, mozzarella. I mean, basically, I do love cheese. So. <laughs> I feel like it would have to be something expensive, though. Like, surely it must be Parmesan as opposed to like a cheddar. But then again, it's true. Like what you said, like sometimes cheddar can run up quite a lot, can't Maybe, it? Yeah, blue cheese. You know, so like oh, you can't get cheese. those huge blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost, oh, cheese. God, ghost cheese is expensive and it's also small in terms of portion size. So you could probably give fit like yes. 25 yeah, yeah. of them down your trousers as opposed to like <laughs> three blocks of parmesan. <laughs> amazing. Cheesy. Oh, amazing. Uh, did you have another one with food? I did have another one with food. So this was, um, I've never heard of the place before or, or, or the um, cake. So apparently they're Lady M Confections Cakes. No? No, not really heard. This person, his name's David, and apologies if I butcher the surname, but I think Lavigne stole cakes, and he basically stole 120 pastries from his workplace. Now, he had access to the warehouse because he was a delivery driver, um, and he basically smuggled like 1,020 cakes. Now, the only thing was is he sold them to separate to other vendors, but they weren't any normal cakes. They were like $90 a pop cakes. Because they were like right, gourmet prep okay, well, yeah, cake yeah, type things. Yeah. So that means that the total value of goods stolen in his like two year period of stealing was ninety thousand dollars worth of cake. Wow. That he wow. then sold on to separate vendors. It's just the amount, and you know, like I said, though we're making a joke about all these food based ones, but ninety thousand dollars worth of it. Oh, yeah, and the thing is, over the course of a potentially a couple of years, you're making, in reality, obviously that's not all in one go, but you are bolstering, you are turning around and potentially making four or $5,000 a month just selling cakes yeah. that you've stolen yeah. every month. And that's the thing. I think that, do you know what it is? Even with the cheese crimes, whilst I haven't got any specific notes, although there are a couple online, um, a lot of the cheese theft crimes that happened that were regular were cheese thefts that basically happened over the course of seven eight nine months and that's because people are doing it progressively stealing to make three four five six thousand pounds and then doing that every single month and getting away with it because when you look at big wholesalers or big supermarkets there's always an element of oh well products get damaged and they end up not being yeah. sold or stuff gets thrown away or missed deliveries that sort of thing so it's easy to let little numbers like that go um, and so that's why I think people have been getting away for it so for so long. But yeah, ninety thousand dollars worth of posh cakes, um, basically stolen by a delivery driver, and then he had secured separate vendors who would then purchase them from him. Yes, because I've been thinking about it. I guess you know you could get away with saying because, like I said, if you if you rocked up to a place and opened a suitcase and you had Rolex watches in and you're trying to sell them, you'd be a bit sus about that. But yeah, if, especially if they know him and know that this guy you said worked at the factory, he or, did. Yeah, or, yeah. So you could say, oh yeah, yeah, these are leftovers, or yeah, they they can't sell these because you know it was a wrong batch number or something. So yeah, that they're asking us to sell them, you know, take it for like half price. 
and you could maybe you can get away with that because it's food item it's not a valuable bit of jewelry or technology exactly and i think independently because the item isn't worth a lot there is no suspicion that comes attached with the sale of that product so like you say if somebody turns around and offers you watches just because of the high value nature of the product whereas someone can create a much more reasonable story nobody's going to walk up to you and say oh i've got a gold bracelet worth seven thousand pounds but i'll do it for two and a half because i need to get rid of it but somebody might walk up to you and say oh i've got some posh cakes if you fancy it i can do them for half price because even you know even if he did yeah only sell it for half price that's still forty five thousand (laughs) dollars yeah yeah i mean geez yeah yeah there's a lot of money in this food isn't there yeah yeah honestly there is i mean obviously the expiry date would be a bit of an issue like you can't just have things on tap so you need to procure buyers pretty quick but i'm pretty impressed with the fact that this person was just skipping rid of them case imagine that as well he's probably bringing them home to his family and they're just like where are you getting all of these really nice oh you've gone out of date gone out of date they just let <laughs> yeah. me have them just yeah. let me have them <laughs> so how are you buying 90 dollar cakes every day when you only make 62 dollars <laughs> yeah they get rid of a lot of cakes every day at your place don't they yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you've not had a pay rise in three years, but they're giving away $90 cakes. (laughs) I'm just thinking as well, back to the cheese, actually. It's probably an easier thing to almost try to walk out with because I remember when Scan and Satus, Shop and Scan or whatever it's called, first came in years ago. I I don't know if you remember, we used to have a supermarket here called Safeway. Yeah, yeah. This was years ago. And they, you know, they introduced it and then it went away, right? I think when they first did it, there were so many stories of people accidentally forgetting to scan things. You know, yeah, you wouldn't like put a PlayStation 5 in there and not scan it. You wouldn't put like a bottle of champagne, but a block of cheese, you could say, oh God, I've, I completely forgot to scan that. I completely forgot it to put it on the belt. And maybe it's a bit more believable in that sense. Right, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like people, what they do is they turn around and you're not going to steal the bottle of Dom Perignon, but you will steal the block of Parmesan because it's smaller and less obvious. Yeah. Did you, because saying that, sorry, what were you going to say? Sorry, I was just going to say, I've actually found the stats on it now. So apparently 4% 4 of the world's cheese ends up stolen. Now, the world's cheese. 4% of the world's cheese ends up being stolen. So that is twelve point seven billion pounds annually. So, so after like drugs and and that, is cheese is the next thing on the hit list for the police, right? It's... Yeah, because I guess you'd measure it by weight as well. <laughs> Can you it's imagine like... like the 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 mobsters sitting around there? No, no, we ain't touching drugs. We ain't getting involved in that gorgonzola. <laughs> that's where it's at. <laughs> if you could get me some Stilton, even better. <laughs> It is amazing. Um, for, again, sorry, just a, just a small side note as well. I know the cake guy was impressive, but now that we're talking about cheese again, I can't get over it. In, in October, this is brilliant as well because of the name of the person that's reported it. In October 2019, Dairy Herd reported that police had captured two men who stole $50,000 of cheese from Laprino Foods between 2017 and 19. They walked at the California plant, which is the largest manufa- the world's largest manufacturer of mozzarella. And they, they identified the cheese based on the serial numbers blocked onto it. <laughs> so people was were it... walking around with cheese and they were like, can I see the serial number of that cheese? Well, what is it they say, you know, in the films where the, the villains asking, like the hostage takers asking for money and they say, is it unprint? No, there's, you know, unmarked money. They're basically oh, saying, yeah, yeah, unmarked money. Bills. Yeah, I want, I, I want 200 kilos of unmarked mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> It is honestly amazing. It is honestly amazing. It wonders. It makes you wonder as well, like, are there big heists that are ongoing like this now? Because again, that was one that was over the course of two years. So there must be instances of people now that just get away with that sort of thing, but just yeah, on a yeah. much smaller scale. But I guess yeah. if you work in a supermarket, what's stopping you turning around and pulling two blocks of cheese and mozzarella off of a shelf and then turning around and flogging it separately? I mean, again, I guess the practicality of selling mozzarella. <laughs> Yeah, Antonio from Coltworthy and Brendan from Unshift, you're 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 in and around food. Let us know what it's like over in the States. <laughs> Let us know if you've heard any personal stories of food being stolen. I do hear though in restaurants it's bottles of wine that go missing most often. Yeah, I can imagine because the wine they do do some good bottles of wine in. Yeah, in yeah, because bottles of they? wine can run up literally thousands of pounds. And I guess in restaurants again, it's kind of like. Do you, you know, I guess a certain amount of alcohol when it comes to pubs and restaurants is always going to be written off because 
have you overpoured? Yeah. Has a bottle been smashed? Have you have you dropped a glass on the way to a table? So I guess you're probably every night you're going to write a bottle of wine off just by virtue of the fact that people pour too much potentially. Yeah, and you're, and you're talking then about premises where it depends how good their security is. You know, yeah. you just need to go into rather than a factory or a you know a supermarket which has got like twenty four seven security, etc. So yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that one. Uh, but was... while I was thinking about that, it did remind me though about. Do you remember over here that there were loads of people doing the, the classic thing of buying bottles of champagne at the self serve, but putting a sticker of like a bag of carrots over it, so they were paying like fifty p for like thirty pound bottles of champagne and trying to do that with like tech. tech yeah, items, I think yeah. there was a similar one as well where like somebody had scanned a bag of potatoes and actually put through a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable the balls on people but um, and, and sorry something else so many tangents my brain works like this when you said the funny name of the reporter do you remember last year when we had the the so-called fuel shortages where people were panic buying fuel yeah one of the uh, tv stations the journalist they sent was a guy called phil mccann I remember that it went viral and I turned around I was just like they must have intentionally sent him out there is no way I reckon he turned around to them and said please let me do this story please let me do this story maybe that's an episode appropriately named people for jobs or uh, news report <laughs> do you have any more food um, I don't think I've got any more food specific foods no I haven't got any more food okay because I've got a funny one. I'm going to jump over to the States now. Actually, I say it's funny. I've, I've, I've literally only, I've got it about five minutes before we jumped on, but it was just the headline of it was quite funny. It's a man caught driving a stolen SUV on his way to bail out the brother who was also arrested for stealing an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> so a Kansas man was busted for driving a stolen Chevy SUV to a local jail to bail out his brother who was being held for driving a stolen Chevy SUV. The sibling already in jail had been arrested in Topeka early on a Friday for allegedly driving a stolen trailblazer with a suspended license. A few hours later, his younger brother was also arrested after a short chase with the cops tracking the GPS of a stolen Silverado. It is believed the younger McCracken was en route to the Jackson County Jail to post bail on his older brother in a stolen vehicle. Chief uh, <laughs> said, when I said the younger brother's arrest led to a family reunion, with both brothers ending up in the Jackson County Jail awaiting bond to release them. <laughs> Amazing. So the first brother was booked for driving with a suspended license and possession of stolen property, and his brother was held fleeing and eluding a law enforcement officer reckless driving driving with a suspended license and possession of stolen property (laughs) (laughs) amazing amazing imagine do you know what it is as well i feel like if you were parents to the kids you would be like you're both fucking idiots well they're probably already in prison for stealing something (laughs) 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 but that's the thing about that one right it's like okay so i call you up and say lou i'm in prison I've, I, I stole a car. I stole a, a Fiat Punto. I'm in prison. Can you come get me out? And he say, "Yeah, I know what I'll do. I'll steal a car to get him out." That's the only way. I mean, there's where's the logic in that? I mean, it's it's just it's baffling. It's baffling, isn't it? It's... I love how he turned around and thought, "Yeah, there's no way that this could go wrong for me. What am I getting my brother out for?" Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, getting him out for theft of a car, and he steals a car. And do you know what would have? Is... Well, do you know what? the only way this story could have been better is if he's bailed his brother. He comes out, and then whilst in the police station, the brother goes, "That's not your car," and that's how he gets done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but that's it. I mean, it's it, I think it's brilliant that they then ended up in the same jail together. <laughs> <The same. laughs> What are you both in for? Exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's the fact they stole SUVs. I mean, I know kind of in America they do have all these these big vehicles. So they're probably quite common, but it's the fact they both stole um, stole SUVs. It's, it's just bizarre. <laughs> like you said, the, the thought process of stealing a car to go get out your brother who's just been arrested for stealing a car. I mean, there is no thought process, basically, is there? <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, my God. I've got 
thefts of things. Now this is going into Europe. So things that you probably couldn't steal. What what do you think? You know, you could steal something from a house, but you couldn't steal the house. You could steal things from inside of an office building, but not the office building. But this group of thieves in the Czech Republic, and again, strangely, there are so many cases of this in the Czech Republic that they can't have any of these left. (laughs) A group of thieves in the Czech Republic stole a nine-ton bridge. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So, um, again, Czech Republic, I've got two instances of this in, in two separate places. So they focused their attention to a bridge, the Gang of Thieves, and no one saw them dismantle what was a nine-ton bridge and 650 feet or nearly 200 metres of railway track. And it was in a place called Slackov. And they turned around and forged paperwork and basically managed to sell all of the metal as scrap with forged paperwork saying that they had permission to dismantle it and they were part of a demolition crew. And they just walked off with the money. And basically, they were part of uh, the, the bridge obviously needed to be rebuilt and ended up causing millions and millions and millions of pounds worth of damage um, because they literally dismantled an entire bridge and railway. Did you say they they were seen stealing it, but they managed no. to convince people? Oh, no, they were No, they never it. got seen st- stealing it. No one saw them do it. So they basically, in the middle of the night, woke up and said, thought, fuck it, I tell you what, you see that bridge? That's going to be ours. And they dismantled a bridge <laughs> and the railway track and all the metal and then ended up selling it by night. forging. Yeah, unbelievable. And the fact that not a single witness to it happened um, is absolutely nuts. On a smaller scale, there's actually another one. So I think this one was a four-ton bridge. And the metal, I think, in this heist was only actually worth like six, six and a half grand. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a lot. But yeah, they stole, again, metal from a footbridge. And then this is from 2012. So this is when this theft happened. So it's been a difficult problem specifically for Czech railways. So in the first 10 months of 2011, thieves caused $700,000 of damage to railway infrastructure through basically stealing metal from bridges. And in 2010, the damage exceeded $1.3 million worth of metal scrap track. That basically that's what I was going to say, because metal, metal is really valuable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In and of itself. I mean, you get them stealing the lead linings of churches here. And yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. It's true. Movies. Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine how much metal must come on a bridge. And imagine if you turned around and they must have known that, for instance, the railway track on the bridge wasn't going to be used that night. Or they knew it stopped running at 12 o'clock or whatever it might be. Um, and they've basically stolen the whole bridge. Imagine waking up in the morning, like you live on the river. And <laughs> yeah, you turn around yeah. and just like, where the fuck has my bit of scenery gone? <laughs> well, you just drive and you end up driving in the water because, you you know, you're just expecting <laughs> yeah, the bridge. You've woken up. for Yeah, you're late for work. You've woken up. You haven't had a coffee and you just fall straight into a river because you've just not paid any attention that it's been nicked. <laughs> That's the thing. I think it's three things for me there, right? One is... Yeah, how efficient they were to get that done in a night. That's pretty impressive. Two, I don't know, you know, obviously where it is, but the noise they must have been making or or didn't make, I mean, that's also pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. But thirdly, you hope that they had their head screwed on and one of them wasn't or was one left on the other side did they did they sacrifice one member because obviously i don't know how you take a bridge apart but was one left on the other side the wrong side of the or they've turned around two 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 sets of thieves have started they were just like tell you what you start that and i'll start that and we'll meet in the middle they've got there and thought fuck (laughs) like a roadrunner wily coyote kind of thing yeah But yeah, absolutely amazing. And apparently it's actually a big problem and it has been in Eastern Europe for a long while. So there were two Russian bridges that were stolen around the same time as the Czech one. And I just just didn't realise how easily dismantled um, bridges are. It seems like it's easier to dismantle them than it is to dismantle some Lego sets or something, apparently. Oh, Um, yeah. I wonder how long it took them to rebuild the bridge. And if they did it in a day, well, well, I was going to say, if they did it in a day, did they not question those people that put it up? <laughs> oh my god but yeah apparently it took actually like months to rebuild and to basically repair the damages and that's only probably by virtue of the fact that it was so costly to repair so it probably couldn't have all been done at one time because you can imagine you know like local councils for instance in the uk imagine if all of a sudden an entire rail bridge went missing that like local council couldn't repair that next day could they here no 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 it I've would take it. them months weeks, to do yeah yeah, yeah 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 well i was gonna say week yeah weeks to probably come to the decision that they'd need to do something about it yeah <laughs> 
But yeah, that one's a pretty cool one because I just think that they're so brazen. And also, it's just like they must have been sat there having a coffee one day and thought, you know what, fuck, we need a new idea because cheese, we're yeah. coming out of the cheese game, coming out of the Jamie Dodgers game, bridges. That's the <laughs> yeah, next thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we work our way up to Bridges, yeah, through Jamie Dodgers, yeah, <laughs> Nutella and Gorgonzola, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought those ones were quite cool. Yeah, and, and sorry, just one more thing on that before we move on. It's just, yeah, how much money they must have made and where they had to store it all. There, there's a lot of questions about about that one. <laughs> yeah, like how many trucks did it take to move all of the metal? Yeah, and did like someone's partner or husband, you know, wife or something, open up the garage and say, "Where's all this metal for?" Um, project, <laughs> little DIY project. Don't worry yeah, yeah. about it. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. But yeah, that was brilliant. I'm gonna stay in America. I've well, I've got, I've got two that are fairly similar. That actually, one is a bank and one is a shop, and it's just because they are both quite unusual in in the person committing the offence. So I start with the shop, right? This one is that a man allegedly, because uh, I think at the time the case was still going on, but a man alleg- allegedly stole from a store, then goes back to ask for a job. <laughs> a, man, a man who applied for a job at a store in Wyoming had allegedly stolen from the shop twice on the same day, according to investigators. The unidentified 36-year-old man visited the sportsman's warehouse in Gillette on Friday and bought some items with a rewards card but did not pay for a pair of sunglasses and ammunition while he was there. Police were notified of theft at the store. Three hours later, they were called again after the suspect visited the location. This time, he asked for a job application. The man allegedly left the store after that encounter with two more pairs of sunglasses. The suspect, whose job application status was not immediately clear, was cited for the alleged theft, and police say they recovered the items. That's like going taking going back to the scene of the crime to a whole new level. It depends. Was he going for security guard? I mean, that'd be brilliant. You know, yeah. quite brilliant. <laughs> I think, to be honest, that should be um, a test. I think that should be like a legitimate interview in that case. Could you imagine going in? And say, oh, I want to speak to the manager. Why, why? What's up? How's your security? Great. Really? Look at what I pinched earlier. <laughs> <laughs> And the other one I've got, this this one is brilliant. A bank robber, and I remember seeing this in the in the papers at the time. Bank robber hands a teller a note with his name and address on it. Some bank robbers wear wigs, others put on masks. This one made little effort to conceal his his identity. This guy was arrested in August after ordering a teller to hand over cash from a US bank location in Cleveland. To do that, he used a note, but on the on the other side of it, I think it had his full name and address on it. Uh, the FBI says it was it reportedly was written on the back of a document from the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles. The teller referred to the criminal by his name and gave him an unknown amount of money before calling 911. He was taken into custody a few days later. An FBI spokesman at the time said, when you present a note that has your name already on it and address, it helps law enforcement tremendously. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, so basically he's robbing a bank, hands it rather because he didn't want to make a scene, so he handed over a note to say like, "Give me, give me your money." But on that note, it had his full name and address on it. Brilliant. <laughs> Do you know what it is as well? Does it not feel like walking into a bank and handing a teller a note, um, or sorry, bank staff a note? I should say that because we're in the UK. Tellers are American. <laughs> handing like bank staff a note is just a very film thing to do as opposed to from what i mean and i've i've interpreted this but he went in without well the, the thing is this doesn't really stand up to, to long thinking about it screening but i think he probably didn't want to go in with a mask and stuff like that because he wanted to go in inconspicuous oh, i guess so yeah, so i yeah. think he did it as a note but then in the end once he's gone they they probably could have pulled the cctv footage and got him anyway but no, he had to go one step further and give him his name. And and it's a fact, it's quite subtly said in there that when she was giving him the money, she referred to him by his name. And at that point, did he not think, hold on, how does she know me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, amazing. They turned around and he's turned around and said, hi, I'd like to commit a robbery. And also this is um, me for reference, if you'd like to send me any correspondence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, this is my PIN number. This is my uh, national insurance number. <laughs> this is uh, my that... mobile if you need to get me, if you can't get me on my landline. <laughs> See, that one reminds me a little bit of what's it with Nicolas Cage, National Treasure. Do you know where he steals the thing and he's responsible for stealing Declaration of Independence but uses his credit card to pay for it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like police waiting at the house being like, well, um, we knew that you were going to turn up at some point. You've just um, reminded me by talking about bank robberies as well, because this was one that I didn't originally have. But just as a side note, now, there's nowhere that I ever saw this as being fake, but it wasn't reported in any like major media. So this came from not slightly more independent sites, but just smaller ones, basically, as opposed to being reported. So I'm going to say it. And if anybody can defunct it for me, that would be brilliant. But I've not seen it defunct anywhere. So a man aged 44 in 1995, MacArthur Wheeler, decided to rob a bank. And he knew a lot about the chemicals of lemon juice. Have you ever heard this? No, no. So Mr. Wheeler decided to smear lemon juice on his face before executing his plan to rob the bank. And this was his logic. As lemon juice can be used to write invisible letters that become visible only when the letter is held close to a heat source, he thought the same thing would work with his face. By smearing lemon juice all over it, he thought his face would be invisible to security cameras at the bank. And he didn't even think that. Apparently, he was confident in it because he took a picture with a Polaroid camera in the days preceding the robbery. And the camera gave him a blank image. But people think that the camera was just faulty, obviously. So he got done by that. And apparently when he was interviewed, he literally told the police officers, I wore the juice. <laughs> I mean, if that is true, and like you said, you've seen nothing to debunk it, that hands down wins this episode. Honestly, that, I think that that's brilliant. Down. So if you can break our hearts or conversely confirm it, that, that that story is true, it'd be brilliant for anybody to reach out to us. But like I said, I haven't seen anything that's debunked it from what I can see. Um, and can you imagine the smile on his face as he was doing it? <laughs> <laughs> He's literally sitting there being like, this is fucking genius. This is fucking brilliant. (laughs) And he's probably talking to himself because he thinks they can't see him. And he's probably talking out loud as well. (laughs) I did see a story as well. um, It reminds me of, I can't remember the film, but do you remember there's like a bank robbery going on? And is it um, Four Lions? Where they don't want to get caught on CCTV. So basically in this film, Four Lions, they don't want to get caught on CCTV. So they just shake their face. Like while they're walking around, and they're like, "Yeah, but if I move my face quick enough, it will just be blurry on the video." <laughs> That's legitimately oh, what it reminds you of. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, the last one that I've got. Have you got any more? I've got one more I want to do, and then I might just reel off the other ones quickly and see if there's one that takes your fancy. I don't know if you, if you want to do the same. Okay, I'll do. I'll do like one last one, just as a quick side note, and then okay. I'll let you run through. Yeah. Police in the south of Chile arrested a man on suspicion of stealing ice from the George Jorge Mont Glacier. Now, basically, this is in the Patagonia region, and the glacier is actually uh, melting way faster than any other places in Chile. Right. Um, it's like a protected site. So <laughs> police found five tonnes of ice in the back of this man's truck that he'd stolen directly from the glacier. And that's because... The ice is used for, do you know, like either tourists or posh bars and sold as like official glacier ice, which means they can charge more for the drink. So the ice was worth 3 million pesos, which accounts for about 4,000 pounds. Wow. Wow. Worth of ice just in the back of the bloke's truck. How much did you say they found? Five tons. I thought you were going to say, but he'd stolen 15. Who melted along the way? <laughs> yeah. He's got back and he was just like, it's been melted and remelted, so it's been liquefied in transport. <laughs> Could you imagine that? They say, right, we're arresting you and charging you for five times. He goes, but I stole fifteen. Right, you're going down for five more years. Then, yeah. <laughs> what, what happens when the police get it back to the station? They're like, what are we supposed to put in evidence? There's nothing here. Yeah. He's going to turn around, like, it. where's where's the evidence? Where's the ice that I stole? And the police just come out with a bucket of water, like, oh well. <laughs> Do they drive it back and try to stick it on? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that one was so obnoxious because as well, there's no way that you could have hidden that because it said in the back of a truck as opposed to like the back of a um, yeah, like lorry yeah. or anything. Yeah, it was so I just thought that's brilliant. Police are going oh, past being like, where the fuck has he got all that ice from? <laughs> I've got one more I want to save fully. Now, again, it's in America, but when I read the story, it was actually committed by uh, English women. Okay. So women from England, but this is um, women swipe 
stroller, so a pram to us. Women swipe stroller from store, but leave one of their children behind. <laughs> Three women were caught on camera allegedly stealing a baby stroller from a New Jersey store, but their theft was foiled when one of them forgot their child inside the shop. The women were at Bambi Baby in Middletown, a city roughly 45 miles south of New York, on Friday with three children. Two of the women distracted an employee while the third woman went to the front of the store to grab a stroller. The woman left the store, but one of them forgot some precious cargo, her own child. (laughs) What I take major offence to is the children. Don't do that with your children, Enelio Ortega told the TV channel. If you need to steal for a living, that's a personal problem. That's a personal issue. But when you bring children that have no idea what's going on, that affected me. That's why I'm sharing this video as much as possible. Top selling strollers on the store's website indicate they could range from $400 to $1,000. Ortega said the one taken last week from Midtown shop cost $300. Investigators arrested two of the women, 23 and 20, of England, while a third woman remained at large. They did get the stolen stroller back. So, I mean... Those prams, even over here, they, they cost so much, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Prams can run up literally thousands and thousands of pounds. I didn't actually realise until I was walking in John Lewis and I saw a pram. And they had like a sticker for like 1,800 quid on it. I thought, my God. Yeah, it's more um, than my car. Yeah. Do you know what it would have been well funny as well is they would have got all of the women, the suspects, and then the police would have turned around to the kid and been like, go. And the kid would have just <laughs> run straight to his mum. She would have been like, you snitch. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's brilliant. But the fact, it's like almost a perfect crime because whoever it is is still, still one of them was still at large. But can you imagine, can you imagine they've got out? It's almost like Home Alone, isn't it? <laughs> it's like we've forgotten someone. It's like, Kevin! <laughs> that one's pretty brilliant. Yeah, I've got, I'll just read out quickly a few more and, and then you can check these out if you're listening. There was, again, in South Carolina, there was a woman driving a toy truck leads police on a slow speed pursuit. Um, and you can actually see pictures of her pulled over and out the car. And there's a, you know, behind a police car, there's a little toy, like motorized vehicle. <laughs> oh, that's, that's quite a good one. A man in reindeer slippers attempts to steal a woman's wheelchair. I, I, funnily enough, I actually saw that headline. It reminded me of a headline of um, from like the Daily Sport or whatever it was on Sunday um because that one seemed like it was just too fake to be true <laughs> then i've got a couple in england a burglar he i think he was on drugs at the time but burglar who was stealing stealing stuff from someone's house and then fell asleep in the hammock in the garden and got caught <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a man who caused traffic jams by standing in front of vehicles and saying nothing but and and then there was one here there's basically a man who he worked at Disney over here. The man who stood up shouted F Disney and smashed up his office, causing £15,000 worth of damage in the process. What the fuck so, was yeah. in his office for fifteen grand? It was all computers and stuff like that. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> yeah, it's all computers, screens, monitors. But yeah, I mean, to get to that much amount of damage, they've just let him go, go wild, haven't they? So what was your favourite one in terms of, do you reckon, the most ridiculous? Well, out of all of them, it's, I think it's your lemon juice one. I think if the lemon juice one is verifiable, then yeah. So again, if anybody knows anything on the lemon juice robber, um, do let us know because I would be interested. And then barring that, I actually think, what do you think your second favourite one was? I think for me, it's one of the three. What I, I like the ones where I said where the, the, the criminals are really stupid. So it was either the woman leaving the kid behind or, or actually, no, I'll take away the guy who applied for a job, but it's either that or the guy who gave the, the cashier at the, the bank his name and address. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty good. They're not unusual crimes in and of themselves, but they're unusual in terms of the person the doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I had to actually, but if I had to pick one of yours, it would be, I think, the um the bridge. The yeah, the bridge one's amazing. just too brazen, too yeah. brazen. Yeah. I think my favourite one, barring if the lemon juice one isn't real, is probably um, the kids in the store one, only because I feel like the circumstances of the women getting caught would have been hilarious. And I can picture it in my mind. Like they would have just seen this random child strolling around the shop and they would have been like, Was that your mummy? And the kid would have gone, Yeah. What's your name? And he would have gone, This is my name. Where do you live? This is where I live. <laughs> and then they would have turned up to arrest her and she's got this stroller and I think absolutely brilliant amazing it's like they couldn't carry everything so they instead of leaving a bag <laughs> they left the kid yeah amazing amazing oh, all right yeah. well we've actually kept that to a pretty modest runtime. to be fair i think so i think so i have got um did you have a before we go because we keep 
we keep getting this. Oh, no, I didn't have it before we go. Did you do? Yeah, I'll let you have this before we go then. Firstly, before I do an interesting fact, or I think it's an interesting fact, I just want to go through the five stars we've got on Good Pods at time of recording from the listeners from the previous episode we did, which was with Josh from Talking Smack, um, and that was The Unusual Suspects. So the first five stars is from Josh. Thanks, Josh. Next five stars is from Kay from the Fuck My Work Life pod. Uh, and she said, great fucking episode. Five stars from Leo. Uh, five stars from Leo Allen. Five stars from Antonio at The Cultworthy. Five stars from Justin at The Movie Wire Show. Five stars from Decaying With The Boys. Five stars from Seven Seas from the No15 Allcast. Five stars from Carlos Danger and five stars from Shane, from Shane and I. So thank you uh, to all those who have given us a rating so far. Now, interesting fact. I didn't know until now that vacuum cleaners were originally horse-drawn. So one of the earliest known vacuum cleaners was so large it had to be hauled from house to house via a horse-drawn carriage. Its giant hoses were popped through the windows of customers and a gas-powered motor generated the suction that pulled the dirt and debris into a glass container where onlookers could gawk at the volume of filth coming from it. But yeah, it was it was, it was dragged around the city by, by horse. <laughs> so it is, I'm picturing this massive contraption and when it turns on, like people are clinging sideways inside their own <laughs> houses to not get sucked <laughs> yeah. on a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> carpet's clean. The carpet's gone. Well, it's clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, where's, where's my grandmother? <laughs> Other than that, all I want to say is, yeah, please give us a rating, review, share, like, email us. Yeah. So if if you do either know anything on the lemon juice um, burglar, he's, he's... robber, or if you've got any unusual crimes that you think we may have talked, may have should have talked about, um, you can either pop us an email at castingviews at gmail.com or a tweet at castingviews. Um, and as always, I will leave you with, we know there are many podcasts from which you can choose, and we thank you for listening to Casting Views. Thank you.